0: All right. The true indicator of popularity is out. Jersey sales of all the new Illini. Apparently Sky Clark has the most popular Jersey being purchased by customers.
1: It makes some sense. There's a lot of intrigue around the freshman guard. You know, the fact that he was a top 10 five-star at one point, uh, the fact that he knows Toby Maguire and hangs out with Spider-Man, uh, I think fans are just excited about maybe what he could mean for this Illinois basketball team.
0: All right, that's Scott Ritchie, our beat writer. He'll uh, he'll also rank all 363 Division I teams, or some of them, and tell you where Illinois falls on that list in this week's, this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On the Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Ah, very good morning, good Monday morning, everyone. Uh, not just because of Scott Ritchie's presence, which always lightens my mood, but it's uh, but we're on the eve of a pretty important football game. I know I don't we don't talk football right off the bat, <laughs> but I want to get it out of the way quick.
1: I like to remind our listeners that you were the first one to mention yep. football.
0: That's Scott Ritchie, our our beat writer, who spent the weekend up in Camp Randall covering uh, a game that means a lot now. Um, Illinois thumped Wisconsin. Now moves on to what I think might just be a sellout. Uh, Saturday night against Iowa. Ed Bond, are we close? Ed says no. I
1: would be surprised. What is it? Here, here? Here's.
0: I understand I was out of town over the weekend, but I understand the post game show was not celebrating a huge victory, but more about ticket prices. That's is that right. That's kind
1: of what I have heard. It's like it's. You know, seventy-five bucks a pop to get in. Hey, so. welcome
0: to Big Ten football.
1: Yeah, except I think I saw someone mention you know Purdue has tickets on sale for like thirty dollars, and I mean, honestly, yeah. Purdue's won more in the past than Illinois has. Um, I mean, a family of four, you're forking over three hundred dollars right, just to get just in. The saying,
0: game. That's uh, you don't hear a lot of that at schools that sell hundred thousand seats.
1: Yeah, it's because most of those programs have a winning tradition and people. Are fighting each other to get those tickets. All right. I'm a little confused by it.
0: If you don't, if you don't want to go, don't go. Yeah, and I mean,
1: it's maybe, financial commitment.
0: Maybe it's the asking that that bugs some people. Uh, the clever and persistent PR types at Illinois. That's how they had Coach Bealman on the field after the game, <laughs> saying, "Come <laughs> buy your ticket." I, I, two things struck me on that one. What other coach would do that?
1: Yeah, um, I can't. imagine. I was a. I don't know. Maybe a little surprised. That- Ilma did that. Yes. like Especially in that moment. It's like, okay, you just beat Wisconsin for the first time in 20 years. Hey. And like immediately it's like, okay, i will got to start chilling for the next one.
0: Whatever. Right. I right. think
1: I think it will be a better crowd than they've had, certainly just because there's some hope. Yeah, I know it's football.
0: building. Uh, Iowa, not so good. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised by the line. Was it Illinois was a four point favorite or so? I would be betting the Illini hard.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Iowa defense pretty good. Iowa offense is not quite the worst in the country because Colorado exists. Okay, but they're bad. Like, and Illinois just held a decent-ish Wisconsin offense to two rushing yards. Iowa doesn't have anything. Right. Remotely compared to what?
0: Minnesota guys. pulled its usual Minnesota. <laughs> uh, uh, they P.J. Flecked it. Yeah. So you got them at home. You got Purdue at home, right? Purdue. Uh, who knows who the fa- is? Nebraska now the team to watch out for? No, they're bad as okay. well. Just I mean, checking.
1: Illinois will be the, as we continue down the football track, Illinois will be the favorite in every remaining game except Michigan.
0: All right. That's good to see. Here, I'm getting to a point. This is Jim Rosso by the way, Vice President of News. Basketball beat writer when Illinois was really good under Bill Self.
1: Yep, that one year.
0: Yeah. Well, several years. I was the only one-year beat writer. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. guess clear Let's clarify that now. Yeah,
1: yeah, Bill was pretty good for, for all of his time here.
0: Rare is the time that football and basketball are good at the same time. That's what I'm getting to, and we're about there.
1: <sighs> I mean, I'm not even sure I could, off the top of my head, come up with the last time, like both were relevant at the same time. 2001, maybe. Sure.
0: Illinois basketball is just getting there, starting to feel good by itself.
1: Yeah. That's probably, I mean, so yeah, you know. 07
0: won- that had worn off.
1: Basketball-wise, for sure. Uh, I mean, so yeah, 2001, but that's, I mean, 21 years ago.
0: Okay, can they coexist? Sure. Is there going to be
1: <laughs> the Kentucky-like squabbling? The Mark Stoops, John Calipari feud. Uh, no, I think Brad Underwood, Brad Bielma, they get along pretty well. I think they kind of similar maybe in their approach as coaches. Um, And I know that, you know, when the only basketball coaches like had their temporary offices over at Memorial stadium, like Brad Underwood, like poked his head out quite a bit just to watch practice. And I think they, they get along. I think they probably both understand that they can be good for each other. Like the programs, if both are good, that that's only going to be better for them. Maybe same kind of mentality. I could see Brett Bielma, you know, back to back with Brad Underwood in a Pizza Hut parking lot. All right, I think that's that's a thing. Could be a thing. Yeah, they like they've only spoken highly of each other. And just and not, I mean, not like forced either. I mean, I think if you ask John Calipari now about Mark Soups, he, would oh yeah, Mark's a great guy, but you know, he really believes that every resource should go to basketball.
0: All right, are you still in the thinking that Illinois is a basketball school? Let's start with that.
1: Well, sure. Okay. You sure? sure about that? The football team is 4 and 1. Sure. Tied but to the Big Ten West lead. Has only ever gone to consecutive bowl games once in program history. Going to the Big Ten title game. Pretty sure about that. That's going to be a busy little stretch there for me if that happens. Because there's a Friday night basketball game at Maryland th- the night before you know, the Big Ten Championship game in Indy. Um, which now I think I probably have to start planning for. At least considering it. Yeah. But no, Illinois basketball is still the thing. When they sell out Memorial Stadium, well, they may ask me again. This Saturday
0: night. There will not be a better tailgating scene.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because it'll go all day. Right. Let's hope. Remember to go into the stadium, everybody. Well, the fireworks will warn you. Yeah, the cannon shot, which will, I mean, if you're not, like, ready for it, still makes you jump a little bit.
0: All right, let's talk basketball the rest of the way. Uh, Congratulations to the football team for uh, becoming relevant, which is important. It's an important first step, and it's neat to have people talking about it. We're getting um, photos from alumni clubs around the nation who who are slowly getting together to watch these games. Not quite like basketball yet. That seems to bring out the droves.
1: Yeah, hence probably still basketball school. All
0: right. Well, uh, uh, for the News Gazette, uh, it's an exciting time because this Sunday, this weekend, kicks off a month-long ode to college basketball. Uh, Scott Ritchie is going to, besides producing online unique content at 6 a.m. every day, he's going to fill your print edition up with tons of stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's uh it's an undertaking because uh, this weekend we'll start with the top 100 returning college basketball players, and there's there's an interesting caveat this year. We're going with top 100 players that have returned to the school that they played at the year prior. There's, you know, transfers are so prevalent these days that we can come up with a list of top 100 transfers. That's not it's not fun because I mean, you fun.
0: eliminated two key Illini.
1: Which will not be eliminated because they'll be in the top 100 transfers. Well, list. i got to wait
0: is what you're telling me. They're not in the top. Explain who you're om- uh, omitting.
1: Yeah, Tan Shannon, Matthew Meyer didn't play at Illinois, so they can't technically be returning players at Illinois.
0: I disagree with your the way you're going about picking these.
1: Well, I don't know that anybody asked you. <laughs> and the, but this Why al- didn't they? This Talk allows us to go even deeper into college basketball by separating the two. Coleman Hawkins, though, will make the list. Well, oh, that's
0: good. So you got 100 guys you're mentioning. He is the only Illini, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing I mean, there wasn't that many to choose from in the first place because Luke Goody doesn't count. Well, he Luke Goody, do. RJ Melendez, I like, there's, like, I don't know, like an idea that they can be, you know, key parts of this team. Um, but I've seen it from Coleman, not in great stretches yet, but, like, it's it's happened. Like, you look at the beginning of last year, Coleman Hawkins in a bigger role was a very productive Coleman Hawkins. And I think just kind of the fact that his role kind of wavered back and forth, like how much he played, how significant those minutes were when he was on the court, I think that, you know, rattled his confidence a little bit. But, like, he's going to have to be good for this team.
0: This kicks off our series, a uh, month-long series on this podcast, inside alumni basketball of uh, the ceiling and basement game. We'll start with Coleman Hawkins. Um, what's the best side of Coleman Hawkins? What's the best he can be, Scott Richie, in your mind?
1: I mean, I think we saw it in, when Kofi was out last year, and it's you know a guy that can do something of everything. Like you know, the ideal Coleman Hawkins. Is this is you know, maxing out you know his versatility you know he's a six ten, you know, long arm guy that can score rebound you know, facilitate some, and I think that at his peak that's what he can be. I mean, it's just getting there consistently that's been you know the, the stumbling block you know in his all of his time you know at Illinois,
0: so the ceiling is maybe uh, him tinkering with uh, turning pro at the uh, at the end of the season his. His basement on the other end would be what?
1: Kind of like what we saw in the middle of last season, where he plays a role, but it's secondary, and you know he struggles some, you know especially offensively. Um, and it's not bad; it's just not maybe tapping into all that he can be potentially.
0: Let's go to R. J. Melendez, who you somehow did not put on your top 100 apparently this weekend.
1: Well, there's 363 teams. I'm just saying. There's a lot of really good I'm players. Just
0: saying. All I've been hearing about him is like, he's really good, but apparently not good enough. Nonetheless, his ceiling would be what in your mind?
1: Well, it's an interesting case because the two guys that they added, in Terrence Chan and Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, sort of infringe a bit on maybe what R.J. Mondes could have been, because um, they're similar type guys. You know, on the you know just really good wing players. Um there were flashes from RJ Melendez a year ago. Uh, trying to, like at Northwestern played really well. But just a guy that can get to the basket, runs the floor hard, athlete, super athletic, um kind of developing as a shooter. And if it all comes together. And the weird thing with all humans, like there's not gonna be one guy that scores like twenty points a game. I think it's going to be maybe four guys that score, maybe six guys that score between, like, seven and 13 points. Maybe even more than six. I mean, that is just kind of the way I think this team will shake out. Uh, the best of Reggie he's at the top, like, towards the top of that list. Starting? Probably so. Well, that'd be the best, right? <laughs> you would think. Uh, there's lots of, you know, you know, some six-man potential. You know, those guys can be good. You're better off if they are good. But I think, I mean, I don't know who's going to start. I don't think Brad Underwood knows who's going to start either and also doesn't care. He will remind everyone of that. But the best R.J. Melendez will, I don't know, put up like on this team, maybe like 12 points, six and a half rebounds, a couple assists. Again, they've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things and just sort of meshing all of those versatile pieces together. I mean, that's going to be the, that's Brad Underwood's. All right, go the opposite
0: way on uh, Melendez and tell me where, um, uh, what happens if on his basement side of things.
1: Like his freshman year, just where he's, but he plays all the time and just the production doesn't have the jump that everyone's sort of expecting, you know, maybe because he's behind a Terrence Shannon or, maybe in some cases behind Ty Rogers as a freshman, because I think the coaching staff is still very high on his potential. Um, Again, it won't, the baseman's not like, oh, he's going to be some awful player, but it's just maybe not living up to this idea that everyone has for him.
0: All right, Luke Goody's living living the good life
1: when what happens this year? He comes off the bench, knocks down like three threes a game. That's it. As the that's going to put him in that mix of you know six or seven guys scoring between seven and thirteen points. That's nine points right there. He's from Fort Wayne, doggone it. That's nice for Luke. But, I mean, Illinois loaded up on wings, and now they have to figure out one how they all play together, and two that whole there's only one ball. I think Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, like they were brought in for a reason, like to, you know, to assume a bigger role than they had, you know, Texas Tech and Baylor respectively. And, you know, Luke has to fit in and he's going to fit in as being maybe the best shooter on the team. There's a place for that.
0: All right. The other side of Luke Goody would would be what? Stuck on the bench, I guess.
1: Yeah. Maybe not playing much because there are so many wings and maybe he... The shootings are not, not enough to get him. You know, playing time over RJ Melendez, over Ty Rogers, over Terrence and Matthew Meyer. I mean, there's a lot of wings now. You gotta stand out from the crowd, you know, to get the playing time. Yeah, and baseman is, I mean, isn't me. He just doesn't happen for him.
0: I ask you about a couple more. You can take both sides in one fell swoop. Brandon Lieb.
1: I I mean... Seven foot. Is he a junior now? Yes. Okay. Best case scenario is he plays. He he hasn't played in two years. I mean, just very, very few minutes behind Kofi Coburn. Um, Again, I like the worst case scenario. is not all that much different from what his role has been through two years. And he backs up. Dang Danger, Coleman Hawkins at the five and gets a few spot minutes here and there and blowouts and and that's that. Counter-serving? I mean, best case scenario for a walk-on is like getting games. I get minutes, any kind of minutes because you uh, become a fan favorite. Um, so yeah, shoot for that, I guess. Worst case scenario is, I mean, there's no worst case scenario. Like, he's on the Illinois basketball team. Like that's pretty cool for a kid from, you know, Bushnell.
0: Got to have some blowouts. Get him some some run.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, we'll see. I think Illinois has that potential um, early in the season. You know, there's some non conference games, you know, where it could be Connor Serving time. Uh, I'm thinking Linden would be good opportunity, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's kind of life as a walk-on. Like, I'm not sure that you ever expect to play, but you appreciate the time you do.
0: All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll move into some of the newcomers next uh, week. There's so many of them we might have to break. I want to do one coach, coach ceiling, coach basement, Chester Frazier.
1: I mean, I guess you know, the ceiling is... For all these guys, is become a head coach. Mm-hmm. and It's just in terms of win. Um, I think, you know, with his path, you know, from K State to Virginia Tech and you know, now back at Illinois, like he's earned some respect as a coach and recruiter. And, like, one day, if Illinois continues to be successful, if you know, Chester continues to recruit what well, he's done, I mean, he was, you know, key in getting, you know, commitment from Imani Hansberry. Um, also, Jaden Epps, Sincere Harris, um, yeah, they'll happen for him. All right,
0: is there a is there a basement side of things for an assistant, other than getting in trouble? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it seems to be.
1: Yeah, and no, like, is that even possible anymore? Yeah. I mean, I do don't. I don't probably know. there's probably something they could do, but everything that used to be illegal is now just the, uh, I guess like, you'd say above board. Um, it's still, it's a strange kind of thought process. But I. I think his basement is like get fired for some reason, but I don't, I kind of see that happening to Chester. Like,
0: it has changed. You go to a roster now for uh, each player, you can click on their Instagram, their Twitter, and how to give them money. Those are the three each
1: options. Yeah. <laughs> how about that? Uh, just, Isn't that crazy? I mean, even like a year and a half ago, that would have seemed just totally bizarre. And it still kind of does. Yeah. Because, yeah, NIL, And practice is definitely not what it was supposed to be in theory. Like, these guys aren't making money because of their name, image, or likeness. I mean, that's the way it's phrased. Like, that's like a, you know, know, they're sponsored. Like, and they're they're a spokesman um, lending their their name, image, likeness to a company or a product or something. They're just getting money because they're basketball players Mm -hmm. or football players or whoever. Um, so everyone like at the NCAA is trying to be like oh, it's not pay for play Well, pretty close and so it's just I don't know either just embrace it for what it is and kind of stop this farce of like you know we'll, we'll use Nigel Pack for the example because we know how much he got to transfer from Kansas State to Miami it was 800000 over two years Nigel Pack doesn't move the needle from a brand sponsorship way for LifeWallet, which was the company that the Miami Booster runs. Um, He moves the needle as a point guard for the Miami Hurricanes. It's not like this guy's going to trot out Nigel Pack in a commercial. I mean, maybe he will, but that's not the reason. He got that money.
0: Talking with Scott Ritchie, award-winning beat writer for uh, com for the News Gazette. Uh, he's entering a busy stretch as basketball starts to uh, uh, mix with football. Saw over the weekend in the News Gazette by Ethan Simmons. Uh, wrote about uh, jersey sales on campus. And uh, the, the big three you know, were all players who played here last year, no longer here. All right, that makes sense because he's probably using some dated numbers Kofi sure right kid who went to Duke <laughs>
1: uh, I'm sp- I'm a little surprised Jacob Grandison's jersey sales were that high yeah I mean he was very solid player and you know, the way Brad Underwood talked about him he sort of being instrumental um, to a lot of what they did and maybe you could you know put some of their early accidents of a tournament on the fact that he didn't play but that's a little all right little kid who went to St. John's was also in the top three I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Andre Carbello, uh for a time, was a fan favorite when yeah. he was a freshman. Then the, f- I won't say the you know the fan base as a whole, but there was a portion of it that just turned on him very hard when, you know, he was, you know, dealing with I think a real issue with those concussion because he was not the same player. Uh, fans didn't care that his <laughs> he had suffered you know maybe you know, a traumatic scrambling of his brain. I um, wonder if Jersey sales dipped last year. Hmm. Who are
0: those two do you think has a better uh, fresh start?
1: Probably Jacob Grandison, because he's a guy that can go and play anywhere, probably just you know the way he plays. I think he could just fit any roster. And, I mean, especially you know, if he can shoot 40, 41% from three. But it makes sense in a way for him to go to Duke cause like they, they just needed a grown up in the room with the, you know, all their freshmen and a couple of sophomores like it's him and Northwestern transfer Ryan Young, which was a little funny, uh, but just they're the, the, the adults, mm-hmm. um, Andre Cabello. It's an interesting situation for him. Cause like St. John's has a high usage guard in the backcourt already in Posh Alexander. And I wonder how those two will coexist. Um, there was a game St. John's played over the summer against, I think the like the Dominican Republic national team, and Andre Carrillo played most of it, didn't score, didn't have really any countable stats to speak of. So man it's still you know just working it out.
0: All right, Kofi, where's he these days? How do we know?
1: I believe. Uh, I mean, because he signed the you know the deal with the Jazz and training camps you know starting soon. But like, I don't think much of his chances to make the Jazz roster just based on the number of like front court players they've added. Um, uh, especially, it kind of was a blow. I think they signed former Ohio State and Wisconsin forward Micah Potter to a two way deal. Um, that snatched up the, I think the last, because each team has two. Uh, Xavier Snead, the former Kansas State guard, had the other. So, I mean, it's either G League or go somewhere else and play, I think, for Kofi.
0: All right, uh, the current player uh, on the roster that has the highest uh, sales. Again, this was a story about Ethan Simmons over the weekend. Does this surprise you that Sky Clark, number 55, Tops the charts.
1: That's what the fans want. Not Oh, l- Maybe that he already jumped. <laughs> Maybe some guys uh, a little bit. But I think fans are excited about the idea of Sky Clark. You know, that at one point, pre-injury, he was a five-star top ten prospect. And the, the idea he could be that again. Uh-huh. It's always I me. ACL injuries are no joke. Like, you, know, you wonder if guys will ever, you know, be quite the same. And a lot of times they are. Better than better that it was an ACL than the Achilles because yeah, that's tough to come back from. But uh, then there's just, I don't know, like the uniqueness of a point guard wearing 55. The fact that he knows Spider-Man. just um, lots of intrigue okay. around Sky Clark.
0: All right. I would... Uh, I would. I'm not surprised that he is leading the way. I think the intrigue factor is uh, skyrocketing.
1: Let's see what you did there. Yeah. Thank you. Skyrocketing.
0: All right. Uh, there was recruiting news over the uh, last week, and uh, again, not long ago, Scott Ritchie was panicking about the class of <laughs> of recruits <laughs> coming in, and now,
1: yes, I was in just a a fevered sweat that oh what were the, what was Illinois going to do? They didn't have any commitments now oh dear he's, he's relaxed explain well, they now have two top seventy five four star recruits um in the class of twenty twenty three Monty Hansbury was the first obviously, and then they added um dre Gibbs lawhorn committed on friday um kind of is an interesting pursuit for illinois um Obviously, from Indiana, played you know, high school ball in the state before leaving for Utah and then Florida. Um, what I wonder about the most, because like, we talked with Brad Underwood a week ago today, and one of the things he brought up was how much the coaching staff put an emphasis on positional size, like at every position. Mm-hmm. You know, That's why they went after... You know, in the twenty twenty one class, you know, guys like Lou Goody, RJ Melendez, six six, six seven, you know, wings. Guards, really. I mean, they're more guard than forward. Um, Terrence Shannon's got that. Matthew Myers got that. I mean going you know, back, Coleman Hawkins. Good size for a guy that can play like three, four, and five. Um Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, 165. He's not a big guy. Um, so obviously there's something beyond the physical that you know the Illinois coaches you know liked about him, um, he's a really good shooter, you like that. Um, at you know high school AAU level, he you know does get to the basket. He's shifty, can finish through some contact. We'll see if that extends to college, where everyone is going to be bigger. Um, good handles, can create for himself. Um, I mean with. I mean, kind of needed point guard, you know, even after, you know, signing so many guards in the 20, 2022 class. Like, there's still, could use a little more depth at, like, the point guard, point guard spot. Um, but just, it's curious, because, like, they had a lot of small guards before. And, you know, Brad Underwood played three at a time occasionally. But, like, do you want positional size, or do you want... Drake Gibbs Lawhorn. It's somewhere the they found a happy medium.
0: All right. How do you wind up here? Who gets uh, who? Who ran that show?
1: I'm, who do you think It's Tim Anderson? Like, okay. It's just over the last year, like he's been responsible for you know majority of Illinois recruiting success.
0: Great. Uh, well documented uh, Tim Anderson's rise by Scott Ritchie, Jay Simpson weighed in last week.
1: So he's just a good
0: dude. How about that? Jay Simpson is not a recruit, right? He's a Purdue guy here in town. Tim Anderson uh, felt it uh, enough to m- mentor him. It's a good sign.
1: Yeah, no, he is. He is a good dude.
0: All right. Uh, Scott Ritchie, again, uh, this Sunday's Weekend Extra. We'll uh, we'll begin a month long. Uh, what are your categories each week?
1: So we start with, again, the top 100 returning players coming back to the same school. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I believe we'll go to top 100 transfers, and then top 100 freshmen, and then the coup de grace, I'm going to rank all 363 Division One programs. 363, boy, that number continues to grow. I think there's f- five more this year. All right. That's too many, probably. But Okay.
0: I still can't believe I'm not seeing Illinois in these top 25s that are coming out every week. Seems like the, I used to just wait for the AP top twenty-five. Now every website has its own top twenty-five. CBS, whatever,
1: and I'm still not seeing Illinois. What what is wrong with people? Well, they probably see a three-fourths new roster um, that didn't return, like a Kofi Coburn, or really any like major contributor. I mean, Coleman Hawkins tops that list, and he played a lot, but you know, his role again, was not a huge one mm-hmm. last year. So okay. I, there's uh, there's real question marks about this Illinois team. I don't think, they're, like from an, indi- again, individual talent, I think you can see it. Team-wise, we'll see.
0: Okay. Where do you have them again in your top 363?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I will narrow that for to, to 25 when I submit my okay. AP top 25 ballot. And the polls are now open. I, can, I have uh, 11 days. Okay. To do this, um, like 20. Okay. That
0: seems fair enough.
1: I think, I think that is fair.
0: Anybody going to follow your lead, do you think, or, or not?
1: There'll be some people. Like, cause there's some, your favorite things, you know, some metrics. I mean, they're all just projections. Of course, still games are played, but that have Illinois ranked like in the top 15. Okay. Um, I balance that with, like, okay, again, this is like a brand-new team. And it's not just the roster that's new. It's the style of play at both ends that's going to be different. There's a lot to figure out. All right, get, real,
0: real quick, uh, I know you're into volleyball, too. A couple tough losses by Illinois. Purdue, Wisconsin, top ten teams. Took them both to the wire. Really, Your real quick thought.
1: I mean, it's only teams just not quite there against the – the top teams in the Big Ten, which is, you know, the top teams in the country at this point. Um, okay. Like, like a couple of years ago, like Elmo was going to five sets all the time, and they were winning them. They just had something that they could finish those matches and just haven't shown it maybe this year.
0: All right. <laughs> Uh last we'll end on a basketball note cuz this is inside the line of basketball as I try to remind you a lot. Yeah, I just I get okay. so
1: sidetracked by the questions you mm-hmm. ask me about other sports.
0: What's this week uh uh got coming for us basketball fans?
1: Well, Illinois is having its media day on Friday. So, get a chance to uh talk with everybody, really. So, looking forward to that. Have lots of content coming from that and then uh, Big Ten Media Days uh, next week as well. Okay.
0: Excellent stuff as always. Scott Ritchie, follow along dot com 6 a.m. every day and then throughout the day at newsgazette.com. And be sure to pick up your weekend extra. Four bucks, it's a bargain. There's an online map if you're uh, from the area. If you want a hard copy, check that out. Pick up a copy. Scotty, we'll talk to you next Monday.